Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. Welcome Christ Uncensored, and I'm excited to be back on the pulpit and sharing God's word. Man, it is Sunday. What better place to be than in the house of the Lord? Virtually, of course. Uh, if you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Pastor Rowe, and I'm going to be your speaker for today. I'm going to be sharing God's word with you. Man, I am I'm excited to share this word. It's been a couple of weeks and we've heard great messages. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been blessed by the ministry of Pastor Ruben, Pastor uh, George, Pastor uh, Jordan, Pastor Kenny. I mean, I've been blessed by their ministry, but I've also been itching to share God's word. Thank you, everybody, that's been keeping me in prayer um, as I walk through this process of uh, my back getting healed and restored, I'm believing in God. But today I feel excited. I even told the media team, I said, give me some room. Give me some room because I came to preach the paint off these white walls. You guys ready to hear this word? It's found in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 and 6. Woo! feel excited. And I just had a great cup of coffee. Mama's coffee. It wasn't even Dunkin'. It was Mama's coffee. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 and 6, and I'm going to be sharing this with you within the next 35 minutes. Um, Rue, if you could put the timer on and give me 35 minutes there. This way I'll I share this message with you guys. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. I gave you enough time to find it. And it says, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Genesaret or Genesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and this is Simon who would later be called Peter. So we will refer to him as Simon Peter, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he said to Simon Peter, launch, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now look at Simon Peter's response. And Simon Peter answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. And we've caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. They caught so much fish, they could not contain the amount of fish that they had caught. And I just wanna kinda zoom into verse five. It says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night. We're exhausted, we're tired. This, this kicks rocks right here, like we're tired. Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, at your word, my title to today's message is simply these three words. It's at your word. I want us to live at a place of 
at your word. I want our family to live in the space of, I'm tired, I'm exhausted, but at your word. This seems like it's difficult, it feels like I should give up, but I'm not led by how I feel. I'm not led by what makes sense to me logically. I'm led by your word. The title to today's message is At Your Word. I want to take a few seconds to pray for us today. And I want you to join me. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for these moments that we're going to have together. Lord, help me share this message the way you downloaded it in my spirit. I pray, God, that we can all live in the place of at your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. This might be an interesting question to start a message with, but does anybody got kids that don't listen? Now, I got to be honest, I don't know what that feels like. I don't, I don't, not, not for me. I'm just asking for a friend. Like, does anybody got kids that don't listen? My kids hear this, this message, you know, so it's not about, it's not about them. You know, it's, I'm just saying hypothetically, can you let me know? Do you have kids? Like, you know you have kids that don't listen when you have to lie to them to get them to listen. Like, this was case in point growing up like our parents would lie to us just to get us to listen to them like you would tell them um hey if you chew if you swallow the gum you're chewing it's going to take seven years to digest right like we would lie to them hey if you cross your eyes for too long what's going to happen everybody knows you're going to stay that way you know what i mean well what about if you were in the car and you wanted to turn on the light they would tell you that they would get a ticket if the lights were on and they were driving just so that you won't turn on the lights they lying because they wanted you to obey. And, and, and I'm grateful for my precious children. Selah is now 11 years old. My, woo, 11 years old. And she's a beautiful young lady. And, but she was two to three years old. Let me tell you, she had some anger issues. Selah had some serious anger issues. When she wanted to do something, she would do it. And, and she would have these, thank God she's been set free from that. The Lord has healed her, restored her. She is a new creature in Christ Jesus. She's been healed, saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, baptized, living for Jesus. Here we go. But she had some anger issues. And I remember at two to three years old, I was, I was trying to show her how to put her shirt on. I don't remember the quite the age, but it was around there. And I'm trying to show her show her how to get dressed on her own. And here, I want you to I'm gonna show you how you put in your shirt. And this is how she says, she's like, no daddy, let me do it, daddy. And I'm like, baby, let me let me just show you. You you look like you're having a hard time. Let me just show you how to Daddy, let me do it. I got this. That's what she would say. She'd be like, I Daddy, I got this. Like, I, I know how to do this. Let me do it by myself. Those were her words. <laughs> Let me do it by myself. I just want to do it by myself. Let me do it by myself. A few hours later, actually a few minutes later, it didn't take hours, but a few minutes later, she is completely wrapped up in her shirt. She is entangled in her, like this is a real entanglement. She is entangled in her shirt and daddy needs to come to the rescue and bail her out. And I thought this because I one time heard the voice of the Lord tell me, Ro, 
I will bail you out as many times as you need me to bail you out. Here's the truth. I will bail out Selah as many times as I need to bail her out or as many times as she needs for me to bail her out because I am her father. And God will do the same for us anytime that we are in trouble, anytime that we have entangled ourselves with some stuff, God will bail us out. But can I tell you that his desire is not simply to be a bailout? God will do it because he's a good, good father, but his desire is not to simply be the God that you call on every time you need him to get you out of your mess. It's getting good. I haven't even started preaching, Ru. He doesn't just want to be the God that you call upon. Now, he will, but he doesn't just want to be the God that you call upon. That There's so much more to your relationship with God than him just bailing you out when you get entangled. Like, God doesn't want to be the guy that you just called. I need to bail me out to get me out of your mess. He doesn't want to be just your savior. He wants to be, can I tell you a secret? He wants to be your Lord. See, so, so God tells me, I, I don't just want to bail you out. I want to, I want to, I want you, I want to be the Lord that you follow and obey and are guided by so that you don't walk into the mess in the first place. <laughs> I, I, I am a savior, but I'm also Lord. And I can save you, but I can also lead you in a way that prevents you from needing to be bailed out. And I think that I've discovered something for myself that was telling of the human condition in the life of my three-year-old daughter, that humanity is always looking for this sense of independence. Like, like I, I, can, I can do it. I got this. I don't need your help. God, I appreciate your advice. I appreciate your concern. I appreciate your offer for help. And I, but in the words of Selah, let me do this on my own. I got this. There's this inner need to operate in our own strength, in our own effort, in our own human effort that claims independence, that says, I got this. And you can actually trace this in the fall of mankind when you see the first human creation. God, in the life of Adam and Eve, you see that what they were tempted was their temptation wasn't a fruit. Their temptation wasn't the kind of fruit that they were about to eat off the tree. Their temptation was what it promised. And if you remember, the snake told them, he said, you know, the reason that God told you not to eat of this tree is that if you do, you'll be just like him. In other words, hey, hey, you'll be like God. You'll do whatever he can do and you don't need him. It's this independence. It's in this independence, but you need to understand that the moment they ate of the tree, what it did was it gave everything on their own strength and in their own power and in their own merit, but here's what happened. It led them to a place of disobedience which led to toil, sweat, 
labor, exertion, and ultimately led them to being drained, a life of being drained, a life of being burnt out, a life of being spent, a life of being tired, a life of being weary, a life of being depleted. Why? Because independence of God leads you to dependence of self. And here's, the, here's what you need to know. Dependence of self has an expiration date. <laughs> Independence of God, I'm independent, that leads to dependence of self, but, in, but dependence of self has an expiration date. And when we look at the case study that we have in the life of the disciples, particularly Simon Peter, we could just reconnect this understanding that it's a perfect case study because here you have Peter and the disciples, these are these are him and his companions. They're, they're career fishermen. I need you to understand this, that they're not, they're not just amateurs. They're not novice. This is not a hobby for them. This is their career. They are professional fishermen. And that's why when you look at their life, they have devoted their life to fishing. They, they, they have created a business that will supply for their family like so much rides on them knowing how to effectively fish. But in this particular case, the Bible makes it clear to us that they're exhausted. <laughs> they're exhausted. They've been fishing, fishing on their own. They've been doing their own thing. They've been doing things according to what they've learned. They've been doing things according to their own experience. They've been doing things according to their own wisdom, and they have caught nada, zilch, nada, in Spanish, nada, nada. They, they haven't caught a thing. And then they have this encounter with Jesus. Look what the Bible says. The Bible says that in verse 2 of chapter 5, it says, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their nets. They, they, they were washing their nets, but they were washed up. They were tired. They're in the, they're, they're, they're in the shore. They're like, I'm, we're, we're done for the night. This is early in the morning. And then verse 4, it says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon Peter says in verse 5, he says, Master, I love the way this is depicted because you could hear the exhaustion in Peter's voice through this text. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Now watch this. Nevertheless, at your word, I let down the net. Did you see where, where Peter was at? Master, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I've been doing this all night. Nevertheless, at your word, <laughs> I let down the net again. I, I've been toiling all night, which, which communicates that Simon and his companions were working harder than what it usually takes and what the work usually requires. In, in other words, they were out all night. They didn't have any sleep. They were exhausted. They had been working. They were throwing nets into the water. They were 
uh, bringing it back into the boat and there was nothing. They would do it again over and over. This word toil communicates that they were working harder than what the work actually required. So this, if you can imagine, this was not a, a bad day of work. This was a terrible day of work. This is one of those days that, that you come home and you don't want to go to work ever again. Like you're absolutely exhausted. And imagine God saying, I need you to go back. And this is what happens to Peter. He says to Peter, hey, I need you to, to go back. And Peter catches the revelation of at your word. Peter catches the revelation. I think that Christ's uncensored house of worship needs to catch the revelation of at your word. We need to understand that there is the rhythm of creation that is grounded at the word of Christ, that he looks at Jesus and this is his first encounter with Jesus. And he looks at him and he says, I'm tired. I'm exhausted, but I know your word at your word at your word. And, and what's happening to Peter, Simon Peter is falling into the rhythm of creation. I want you to think about this, that Simon Peter was was only communicating and acknowledging the obedience of creation that creation was all f- too familiar with because it was at God's word that all of the world came into existence. It was at his command. It was at, at his authority. It, would ha- it was at his word that time and space first came into existence. It, would ha- it was at his word that creation when came into existence when God said, let there be light and heavens were made and the earth was made and day and night took place and the waters that were separated from the waters by the firmament of heaven that that the sun and the moon came into place that dry land it was at his word where living creation came into the earth and, and they were fruitful and they multiplied land animals sea animal uh, uh, um, uh, sky animals came into place at his word Somebody needs to type that right now. Someone shout at your word, at your word, at your word, at your word, at your word. He found the secret, the revelation of that, your word. I want to live in this place that no matter what I'm experiencing in life, that I'm not led by my experiences. I'm not led by my wisdom. I'm not led by my emotions. I'm led by the revelation about your word. It's no wonder the psalmist said in Psalms chapter 119 is up on your screen right now. It says, verse 162, it says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds good treasure. He says, I rejoice at your word as one who finds good treasure because it's at the end of God's word where you will always find good treasure. It's at the end of God's word where you will find good treasure. And I think that Peter would agree with the psalmist and say that it was at his word that I found good treasure. He would tell you like there are there is a treasure that you find 
at the end of God's word. There are these golden nuggets that you find at the end of God's word. There is this wisdom that is unlike any that you find at the end of God's word. And here's what I think Peter would tell us by his experience with Jesus and his encounter with him. He would say, man, at the place of at your word, you learn to depend on God's strength and not your own. At your word, at his word, at God's word, here's what you need to write down. Here's the first point. You learn to depend on God's strength and not your own. And I want to be honest, like humanity is prone to knowing that God is right there to help us. Yet we still have this dependency on our own strength by our own accord. And we even super spiritualize as well. I'm gifted in this area. And, and if I got these experience, like we are professional super spiritualizers on depending on our own strength. We will over spiritualize our grind when God says to rest. We will over spiritualize our pride when God says to be humble. We will over spiritualize our anger when God says that anger does not produce the righteousness of God. Oh, we're so <laughs> Can I tell you, I'm a pastor. I'm the best at this. I'm the best at over-spiritualizing my own issues that God is trying to work on. And let me tell you, we are so good at depending on ourselves. And, and we know that God is there. We know that God has a way. We know that God has. But the, let me tell you something. There is a major theme in the Bible that we need to pick up on. And one of the major themes, if you did not know this, you need to understand this right now. One of the major themes of the Bible is this. It's stop trying to do it on your own strength. Woo! That's it right there. Let me tell you, if you catch it right here, if you just stop right here and give God a praise break, like that's all you need to hear today. I'm going to continue to preach, but if there's one thing you need to hear today is the theme, one of the major themes of the Bible, which is this, stop trying to do it on your own strength. You look at Peter, Peter could have done a lot of things. He could have, he, he said, at your word, I'll cast the net again. But he could have said, listen, uh, thank you, but I am a professional fisherman and you are a carpenter. I don't go tell you how to put wood together and please let me do my thing, right? Like I love when Lisa's in the kitchen, just mess with her. Like just a mess with her. I love, I love the reaction I get from Lisa when I boss her around. I love it, right? I like, so I don't, I'm not bossy. I just like being bossy to her. So she'll be in the kitchen and I don't know nothing about cooking, but she'll be in the kitchen and she'll be making the best meal, arroz con gandules. You know, the, you know the deal. That's my favorite meal, right? She know, and I just tell her how to do it just to tell her how to do it. And you know what she says? Excuse me, excuse me. I don't need your advice. You ain't no chef. I've been doing this for years. I don't need your help. You know what? Peter could have done the same thing. Warranted as well, because Lisa is right in saying, hey, you don't know anything about cooking. Don't step into my kitchen, right? 
Peter could have been like, listen, I am a fisherman. I've been doing this for a long time. First of all, uh, you don't fish in the morning. You fish very late at night. That's when all the fish you're going to be able to grab with the nets. Second of all, we've been doing this all night. Just because I'm going to go back and do it two minutes later doesn't mean that we're going to see a catch. So please stay in your lane. No, Peter realizes something and he understood that he arrived to a place where I'm not going to do this on my own strength anymore. I'm not going to do this on my own strength anymore. He arrived to a place where he's saying like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to do this in my own strength. Humanity for far too long has said, listen, I got this. I've been doing this. Like it's so often. This is what humanity does. Like, like I got what I got what's in my bag right now. I could do it. I'm, I, I know that you're there to help me, but I'm going to do this on my word. I'm going to do this not according to your word. I'm going to do this according to my expertise. I'm going to do this according to my voice. I'm going to do this according to my experience. I'm going to depend on our area of expertise. I'm going to depend on our area of knowledge. We depend on our area of our experience and wisdom. And, and this is what, and, and then we say, and, and, um, and thank you, God. Thank you that you're there to offer your word, but I'm going to do this at my word, at my wisdom, at my counsel, at my discretion, at my emotional persuasion. This is like, I'm living my life and too many of us have been living our life based upon our feelings and our intellect and at our word hear me Christ uncensored hear me those that are tuning in our kuhau friends and family thank you for joining us like humanity the human condition is that we are saying like I'm going to continue to rely on on what leads me and, and for some of us is our intellect for some of us is our wisdom for some of us is our own experience for some of us is our feelings like you are your age and you are still being led by your feelings over and over and over and over and 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 daddy god is saying hey i'll bail you out again but i don't need to be a bailout i could be the one that prevents you from getting into the thing that you need the bailout for Whew. i'm done depending on my own voice. I'm done depending on my own persuasions. I'm done depending on my own emotional persuasion. I want to depend on your word, God. I want to depend on what you say. And, and this is what the Bible teaches us over and over and over. Like I, I, could, I could give us a quick Bible study verse by verse. And see through the pages of scripture over and over, there is this discouragement from God to depend on our own strength and to rely on his. You can see John chapter 6 verse 63. It says, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh is no help. The words I speak, it is at your word, God. The words I speak are spirit and life. Oh, oh. 
The spirit gives life and the words that I speak, no wonder at your word, because at your word, you're giving spirit in life. You are doing things in the spirit realm that, that you don't even see in the physical realm. There are things that are being moved and positioned in the spirit realm that you don't see in the, in the physical realm until it manifests later. And you're toiling and you're fishing and you're grinding and you're moving and you're being led by your wisdom, your experience, your, your, your feelings, your emotional persuasions and God is saying it is my word that is spirit and in and his life it says the flesh is the flesh it's no help another translation says self-help is no help at all and it's not that those things cannot assist they cannot they cannot be of some assistance but they are a terrible servant to depend on. Psalms 127, verse 1. I love this verse. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders work for nothing. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the men who watch it, or watch over it, stay awake for nothing. Did you hear that? Can I ask you a question? What is it that you are building? What is it that you are watching over in your own strength? Because the Bible tells us, and it makes it clear to us, that unless God is in it, it will end up in ruins. There is an expiration to what we build in our own strength. What are you building right now? Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers build in vain. And and, and many of us, we are building our relationship and we're doing doing things in our own experience. Like, well, I just, you know, I, I'm just going to do relationships the way I do relationships. And I'm good at doing relationships. And so I'm going to depend on me. And God is saying, listen, if I ain't building it, if you're the one that's building it, if you're the one that's strategizing, if you're the one that's making the calls, if you're not getting any wisdom, any counsel, any godly perspective on it, listen, you are building it. But it will be like the Tower of Babel. It would get to a certain degree, but it would eventually collapse. Unless the builders, unless God builds the house, unless God is building your finances, unless God is building your business, unless God is leading you in your parenting, unless it's God that is in your job position, the laborers build in vain. The watchmen are watching for nothing if my dependency is on how good I build and how good I strategize and how good I call the shots. He's saying like you can do it all according to your own wisdom, according to your own, like you're, you're like I, I want you to think about this. How many times, how many times are you gonna get exhausted and tired, and you're toiling all night in your relationships. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, I just can't seem, I just can't seem to, to get a grasp of a good, healthy, God-honoring relationship. 
I'm toiling, I'm working, I'm doing, but it just seems like no matter how much effort I put into it or lack thereof, I, I always end up in the place that I feel like I'm swinging to grab for a hug just to grab air because I find no grip in what I try to build. Unless the Lord builds, how many times are we trying to, trying to, trying, we're trying to build our finances and it's in our own effort, our own strategy, our own accord, our own word, our own wisdom, and we end up in a financial rut because unless the, unless God builds the house, the laborers build in vain. Psalms 20 verse 7 tells us, some find their strength in their weapons. Some find their strength in their wisdom. But my miracle deliverance can never be won by men. Our boast is in the Lord our God who makes us strong and gives us strength. It's at your word, God. It's according to your strength. See, when you live at the place of at your word, let me tell you, you learn how to depend on God's strength and not your own. You can honor what all of creation has fallen in line with, the rhythm of creation that is at your word. All things came into existence. There is an internal rhythm that I have to submit to when it comes to God, that it's at your word. You learn how to depend on God's strength and not your own. Psalms 84 verse 5 and 7, it says, Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, God. They go from strength to strength. Zechariah, I'm sorry, Psalms 118 verse 8 tells us, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in men. And this is not a, that's not a verse to shun people because we, we use that verse out of context all the time. You see, you can't trust people. That's not what it's saying. It says you can't place your faith in people. It's not that you can't trust people. It's, it's just that you can't put your dependence on people. Like you can't put your faith in people in the way that you should be putting it to God. And that's why they said it's better to trust in the Lord than put your dependency on man. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 6, it says, This is the word of the Lord. You won't succeed by might or by power but by my spirit. Somebody needs to hear this today. Our relationship won't succeed by our own might, by our own power, but only by his spirit. Why? Because we learn in John chapter 6 that it is his spirit that gives life. Your finances won't succeed by your own might, by your own power, but by his spirit. Your parenting won't succeed by your own might, by your own power, but by his Spirit. This is why when Jesus steps into the scene, he makes an invitation in Matthew chapter 11. He says, are you tired? This is verse 28 to 30. Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Are you? Pastor Ro, I'm not religious. Well, what is it that you do religiously? <laughs> I'm not a religious person. Yeah, we are. What is it that you do religiously? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Watch this, walk with me. 
work with me. Watch how I do it. So I'm, I'm walking with him. I'm, I'm working with him. I'm, I'm working in conjunction with, with God. I'm, I'm depending on him and, and I'm watching how he does it. I'm following his lead. I'm following his word. I'm following his guidance. I'm following his principles. I'm following his wisdom. I'm following his leadership. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how, how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy and ill-fitting. Can I tell you something? Many times when we try to do things in our own strength, we begin to place, our, place things on ourselves that are ill-fitting for us. He says, keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. He says, are you burned out on religion? And religion in this case would be the thing that you do religiously. What is it that, what is it the, what is the thing that, that you do religiously? What is the thing that you keep doing in your own strength? Can I, this is what the Lord told me. I, the Lord said, yeah, religion is, religion by definition is man's way to make his way to God. In other words, that we're placing faith in our own strength to make our way to God. That's religion. And I want to tell you, for the most of us, we, we understand that when you place faith in Jesus, God has made his way to us. And he has done it all from start to finish when it comes to our salvation. And I think that many of us believe that. But I think that we also need to step into a place that it's not only our salvation, that every area of our life God wants to be in the center of. And if God is, not, God is only at the center of our foundation and we don't use that foundation to be the center of the rest of our lives, let me tell you, we build in vain. We'll just, God bail me out. God bail me out. I did disobeyed but bail me out I didn't listen but bail what is it that we are doing religiously what is the cycle in our lives that every time that temptation comes up we keep falling for it what is the mistake that we keep doing religiously that that we need to be trusting God for that's the thing like God is still waiting for you to pass the test and so you keep wondering why you're going through the same test over and over and over again because he's waiting for you to depend on him when you take it. Are you hearing me today? Are you hearing me today? I came to talk to you like a father today. What is that thing that you like like you know what I'm you know what I mean that thing that you that you tell yourself with the negative self-talk, you, you did it again. You did it again. Peter knew how to fish, and his dependency on his own strength came to an expiration date. And God wants us to depend on him today. And I want to give you the last two points as we, we come to a close, and, and we close this out for our summer services. Point number two is this, you need to catch this, that at your word means I'm going to learn how to depend on your strength and not my own. But when you live in the place that at your word, you realize this, Peter would tell you, he says, the blessing is greater than what you expected. 
When you live at this place of at your word, you realize that the blessing is greater than what you expected. And let me tell you something that Peter, let's be honest, Peter wasn't expecting a huge harvest. I want to even say he did it like this Spanish saying, con mala gana. It's like he did it not wanting to. You know what I mean? Like he did it like this. He, it wasn't like, all right, God, at your word, I'm going to do No, it was like, God, we, we're tired. We're exhausted. I'm fed up. But at your word, I'll, I'll lay down the net again. And I promise you that many times in our lives, that's all, that's all God wants from you. Like, like it doesn't have to look like super faith. Don't underestimate. Don't underestimate obedience to God's word, even in the moments you don't want to. I can't tell you how many times in my own life that I knew my wisdom was saying one thing. I knew my feelings were leading me in one direction. And God was saying, no, I need you to go this way. I need you to move this way. I need you to write out this check. I need you to send this amount of money. I need you to, to spend two hours here. And I'm like, God, that doesn't make sense. Um, I'm going to stay here. But many times, even without wanting to, at your word, God, I know it doesn't make sense to me, but I trust your word. I know that right now it doesn't, Things don't feel like it's, it feels like this is the worst time. <laughs> Lord, I feel like this is the worst time for you to be asking me that. But at your word. Like, Lord, if you would have just asked me that a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, it would have been the perfect time for me to be like, at your word, God. But now you're asking me and I'm like, God, I don't want to do this. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I'm weary. But at your word. And you'll realize that the blessing is greater than what you expected. It's greater than what you expected. Many times the thing that we want and God is saying, go here. Upon obedience, you realize that what you wanted would have been ill-fitting for you. And because even reluctantly, reluctantly, you obeyed God's word, the expectation, the blessing was greater than the expectation. So if that relationship didn't work out, it's okay. It's okay because God got something greater. God is doing something in your life that could not have, could not have been done apart from you saying yes to his word. God does a, a lot with a little. He'll take five loaves and he'll multiply them. He'll take a rod and he'll set free a whole nation. He'll take 10% called a tithe and he'll bless your entire generation because you have chosen to bless him. And I wonder how many blessings that we're missing out on because we settle on what we can do in our own strength. And here's my last point where I close for us today is point number three is when you live in this place of at your word, God gets the most glory. 
I want to pick up from verse 7. It says, So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat, the boats, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he had all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish and at the fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And they said to Simon, Do not be afraid. For now on, and Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. He says, you, You've been fishing for for fish that would die and be consumed by your stomach, but now you're gonna fish for men and offer them life and life in abundance. So they had brought their boats to the land and watch this, and they forsook all they had. I realize that usually the thing I'm looking to do at my word is gonna bring me a sense of satisfaction. Let's be honest, we're looking for independence because there are things that we desire and we want. And we're not sure if God wants them for us, but we want them. We want God to want them for us. We want them to be part of God's will. We want to force things in God's plan and purpose for our lives. But let's be honest, like the reason that I do things in my own accord is because there's a sense of satisfaction that I get when I accomplish it. There's a sense of meanness. And here's the truth. When you operate in your own accord, here's what begins to happen. You either mess it up or it messes you up. Because when you, what, what will happen is that other people will praise you. And the Bible says that knowledge puffs up and it'll lead you to pride and it'll lead you to your glory and it'll lead you to your pedestal and it'll lead you to others acknowledging your catch. But when you do it at God's word, you say, that was all of God and none of me. See, when you, when you do things at your word, other people would look at you and be astonished. But when you do things at God's word, other people will look at you and be astonished at the God you serve. And here's where it all boils down. Hear me. That my life is for the glory of God. Like my life, like, look what Peter does. Like Peter gives up everything. The Bible says that they, like, they leave it behind. And we spoke about this in, 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 in Love is Our Logo, a love that satisfies how they walked away from the very thing that they ever wanted. Why? Because they realized it's not about my glory. It's not about my desires. It's not about my wants. It's not, it's not about what I want for my life. It's about what gets God the most glory. And too many of us, we're doing life without the perspective that our goal in life is what, gets, what gives God the most glory. Oh, 
oh, this, this is where you want me, God? If that brings you the most glory, Lord, here I am, send me. If I write out this check, Lord, I'm okay with it because if it gives you the most glory, my life is not my own. Come on, we sing it all the time. My life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself. I give myself. I'm like, Lord, my life is not my own. I need you to go visit somebody. I need you to forgive the person that hurts you. I need you to serve some of us, I need you to quit your job and go full-time ministry and trust me. Trust me in it. My life is not my own. My desires, my wants, my goals, my aspirations, my ambitions. And so many of us have this ambition that is ungodly because it's not at the word of God. It's not at God's word. And I want to end with this passage of scriptures, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. It says, this is what the Lord says. You need to catch this Christ uncensored. This is what the Lord says. Don't let wise people brag about their wisdom. Don't let strong people brag about their strength. Don't let the rich brag about their riches. If they want to brag, they should brag that they understand me and know me. They should brag that I, the Lord, act out of love and righteousness and justice on the earth. This is the kind of bragging that pleases, declares the Lord. Oh, it's, it's not a... It's not about my riches. It's not about my strength. It's not about my relationship. Many of us have made our marriage about our marriage. Our marriage is not, our, it's not about our marriage. Many, many of us have made our parenting about our parenting, like it's about us. Our, our parenting is not about our parenting. Our family is not about our family. What matters to God is, is not our own strength and not our own wisdom. He says, if you want to brag, you can. But brag that you know me. Brag that you know my voice. Brag that you know that I'm a love, a loving God, filled with loving kindness, that seeks justice and mercy and righteousness on this earth. This is the kind of bragging that pleases me. And I think that if we look at Peter's life, he realized that this is the very first encounter that is written down in the Bible about Peter and Jesus. And you realize about Peter's life because he went to his death. He was in prison, he was beaten, and he went to his death realizing this one thing. My, my life is not about me. They were going to crucify him. He goes, it's not about my crucifixion. He goes, crucify me upside down because I don't want to even take any glory from the crucifixion of my Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. And he was crucified, according to history, upside down because his life was not his own. 
This is what's going to give God the most glory. I want to offer you that today. I want to offer you an opportunity where you can say at your word, God, I've been struggling. I've been, many of us have a porn addiction that we can't let go of, and that's because you've been doing it in your own strength. God is saying, you need to do it at my word. It was at his word that in the middle of a storm, what was liquid became solid, solid enough for Peter to walk on at his word. There's many of us that have been struggling in relationships. You've been struggling in your marriage. You've been struggling with your emotional stability. I mean, no one needs to tell you. You know internally that there's something There's something that you're dealing with and you know that the way you allowed your emotions to lead you, you know this. And God is saying like, I didn't create you to be led by those things. I created you to be led by my voice. And if that's you today, I want to pray for you. And so I want to pray for you today if if you're saying, Lord, I've been toiling all night, but nevertheless, at your word, I will do as you please. And I want to pray for you today if you're saying, I haven't been following Jesus, and I want to be like Simon Peter today, and I want to leave everything behind and just follow him. I want to make him the center of my life. I want to take the steps that he takes. If that's you today, can I pray for you? I want, you, I want to give you an opportunity to respond. So at the count of three, I just want you to raise up your hand. One, two, three. Lift up your hand right there where you are. Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. He's waiting for you with open arms. I want you to bow your head right now and just repeat after me. Say, dear God, I receive your love. Therefore, I surrender my life. I thank you for dying for my sins and resurrecting on the third day. I believe you are the Son of God and from this day forth, I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.